Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners. My mission is for this podcast to become the place for recruiters to learn from others and to give a real insight into what it's like to work in the industry so those considering a career in recruitment know exactly what they're getting into. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by Charles Kiri. RQ. Very <laughs> now, well pronounced. Yeah. Now that that's what I was practiced before I started. Um, and he is an international sales manager for a business called Projectus Consulting, isn't it? Projectus that's Consulting. Correct, yeah. uh, thanks for uh, coming over to East London, mate. Yeah, thank you for having uh, me. This is actually the, the last episode I'm going to record in the studio, mate, before we Ooh, move. I know. I feel special. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so look, Charles, as I was saying, um, where I always, always like to start is uncovering that story um, as to how you got into recruitment. So let's start there, mate. How did you enter the uh, wacky world of recruitment? The wacky world, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts back when I was about 16 years old. Yeah. So when I was 16, I was doing my A-levels. Yeah. And one of my teachers said, I want you to go to university. You need to go to university. I never had any desire yeah. to go to university. So your parents didn't say that, your teachers said no, that? No, my parents said, just get good grades because it would set you up. Yeah, do yeah, science, yeah. your math, your English, and then yeah. you can get any job you want. Yeah. I, I, I didn't do very well at school, I'll be honest with you. Um, just didn't do very well. My dad left home when I was 16, yeah. just before my 16th birthday, a couple of weeks before Christmas. Um, everything just went... Yeah, yeah. And, Especially um, a 16-year-old kid. This yeah, like, yeah. My mind was all over the place, yeah, yeah. trying to study and stuff. And when I was about 17 must be about 16, 17, my grandmother, who was like the pinnacle of the family, she held everybody together, uh, had a catastrophic stroke oh, wow. on both sides of the brain. So wow. she was like vegetable state for six months. Oh, shit. Um, my granddad had to go to the hospital every single yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And they're both living in Cyprus. And the ironic thing is she came over to look after my uncle that was going to undergo surgery. And Whoa. a week before his surgery, she had the stroke. That's crazy. So he had to postpone his surgery to look after her. So it was, yeah, 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 you can yeah. imagine it's a crazy time in the family and yeah, everything yeah. was just going everywhere. Was you super close? Yeah, very. Yeah, Greek, yeah. Greek Cypriot families, yeah, they're just yeah. tight in it as anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so studying was just a nightmare. I just, you know, my head was all yeah, over that, the place. Yeah, that becomes secondary, right? Yeah. That's not a priority. Yeah, so yeah. everything was all over the place and couldn't focus on anything. Mm. And I had to keep strong for the family. I've got a younger brother. My mum, she underwent cancer. Yeah. I was a young carer Jesus for her when I was Christ. about 10 years old. She had a mastectomy. We, we had to get a community nurse to come and patch her. Yeah. Uh, she had like a hole in her chest. Wow. So we couldn't get a community nurse. So yeah. at like... 10, 11 years old, I yeah. volunteered to stitch her back Fucking up. Fucking hell. Do you know what I mean? That's so mental. I had to go through a, yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. a lot of stuff whilst yeah. being at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Then my dad leaving and then a family member that I won't say who yeah. um, was involved in some naughty things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go to prison. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't allowed to speak to anyone about it. Wow. No, and I'll get onto that later about how important it is to talk openly about these things. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. told, you know, you'll shame the family if you talk yeah, about that. Yeah. You can't talk about these illnesses. You can't and talk about And this was all 16. Fucking hell, you're so yeah. vulnerable at that age know, as well. So you have vulnerable. no idea who the so hell you I are. I had to, you know, I had to have that iron mindset. Yeah, just yeah. like, right, I need to get through this, be the man of the family. And there'd be so many times where I'd be like strong for everyone. Don't worry, be positive. Everything will be all right. Yeah. Go upstairs to my room, lock myself in the room yeah, six, yeah. seven days. And just take cry yourself. and just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. be terrible, right? So anyway, um, I worked in a retail store. Yeah. Hated my life. Like, I was <laughs> I so. That. I, yeah, we've, a lot that. of us have been there. Yeah. I, I loved being in front of customers. I yeah. loved selling. And if a customer would be like, I like this jacket, what do you think else would go with this? Not really the most fashionable guy in the world. Yeah. Um, 
but I'd be like, right, okay, what can we get? Let's go. I love, <laughs> I love that. that. I'd be like, yeah. you can get ten percent off if you sign up online. Yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah, I love that. But because it was so corporate, like yeah. when you're at the till and you're making chat with the customer, and the customer's loving life, and you don't say, "Have you found everything you're looking for today?" Your boss comes up to you and is like. Charles, you haven't said that. Like, yeah, come upstairs, yeah, yeah. follow me. So I was just like, I need to leave this job. It's, it's making mm. me really, really upset. I'm mm. not earning enough money for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, my grandma's obviously in hospital at the time. Yeah. And sadly, after she passed um, and we'd done the funeral and I had family members in prison coming to the It was like a Greek mafia funeral, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was there, like, you know, keeping a straight face. How old was you at this point? 17 yeah, at yeah. that point. Um, 17, 18 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. Then for the next two years was just pretty much rock bottom if i'll be honest yeah, with you, yeah, because yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really have a job i didn't really have any money my yeah. mental health was just nothing all yeah, i did yeah. i'll be honest with you is just just play playstation and just yeah. try and forget that's yeah, all yeah. i did just and i was escape. just escape right yeah. just try and escape then i went for a couple of job interviews here and there and um you was pushing that yourself me, or family me. Yeah, yourself, yeah me i mean i remember my my dad um you know i don't want to talk that badly of the guy but yeah, yeah, yeah. there's two things here he never gave me any support yeah. financially emotionally physically nothing but one thing I did take away was that I could sit here and give you 50 quid to go clubbing with your mates or I couldn't. And hopefully that will give you motivation to go and earn your own money. Yeah. So I look back and think, you bastard, yeah, you yeah, bastard yeah. how dare you? But yeah. at the same time, I'm thinking that kind of gave me a lot of drive. Yeah, Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? But I remember going to the job center, depressed at my mind, thinking, I can't believe I'm sat in the job yeah, center. Yeah. You know, it's such a young age. I just, I just want to get a job. I, mm. I, I've got so much ability, so much yeah. passion to give other people. I remember helping my friends out, getting them interview prep before getting into recruitment. Really? Thinking, Hang on a minute. Is there an actual job? So I spoke to the person at the job center. I'm like, so I'm giving my friends job interview advice, mindset advice and stuff. Like, is that a legit career they're like yeah, yeah. it's called recruitment i was yeah. like oh that sounds cool yeah. sounds like a pretty easy job yeah no it's not <laughs> um, so i was like okay cool like, I'll, I'll see if i can get a job in recruitment they were like all right let's put you down for admin i was like I- i'm not an admin person i'm yeah, a salesperson yeah, yeah, yeah. i need to i need to be in front of people i need to be on the phone i need to sell they're like okay we'll put you down for retail i was like oh my god you're not li- you're not listening to me <laughs> so i was just like okay well listen you you missed your last uh, meeting with us so we had to dock your money so yeah. you need to come in on the 23rd of december and i was like that's my birthday. I'm not coming to the job centre on my birthday. Yeah, that's yeah. the most depressing, yeah, lowest yeah. of lows. Jesus Christ. So the bird basically said, you need to come to the job centre, otherwise we're not giving you money and wow. you're not going to have anything for the rest of the month. Wow. So I just remember standing, I was emotional at this time yeah, and yeah. I, I reacted purely on emotion. And I said, you know what, fuck you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm not coming yeah. back here. I'm going to have a job by this time. So I had an interview with this social care recruitment company in Potter's yeah. Bar and um, you know, told her about my sales experience in the retail store and she was like, yeah, let's give you an opportunity. Love that, mate. And um that's the last five years. That that was that's so how you, it started. So you've been in recruitment for five years, yeah. Been in recruitment just over five years. Love yeah. that. So um, how um, what I'm always so I guess did you have any perception before you got in recruitment? Like, did you have any perception whatsoever as to besides thinking, oh, is there a job in helping people? I was very naive. Yeah, yeah. My, so, so what did you? What perception did you have? My perception was that recruiters are there to help people. Yeah, that's how I kind of saw recruitment. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, I can go in, I can help people get the next step in their career, you know, an upgrade or maybe a lateral move, yeah. whatever it is, help that person change their life and make an impact yeah. and earn good money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was What's, my perception. So what, that, you don't think that's true? I do. I totally think that's true. Yeah, yeah, But it's a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's literally a roller coaster yeah, because, yeah. yes, you're helping people, but sometimes you have a client on the phone that has a bad misconception of recruiters and they basically tell you to F off on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten, a recruiter that has that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I get that. So, fair enough. How were uh, how were those first twelve months, then, mate? Because uh, I'm always interested in that because they're fucking hard. Brutal. <laughs> Why is it so brutal? So I started off as an apprentice. Oh wow. So yeah, I started off on 150 pound a week. 
Wow. £600 a month. Really? And my mum's on benefits. Yeah. And I had to pay her £300 a month to help pay off the mortgage. Wow. And to help the bailiffs not knock on our door every day, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's £300 a month to live on. Yeah. That's not the recruiter lifestyle, is it? That's not the recruiter <laughs> That's lifestyle That's not that big bill of lunch lifestyle, no, mate. not at all. <laughs> so, effectively, first five months was probably... Because I my first job was only five months. Okay. And then I'll tell you about how I kind of moved on to the next next yeah. role. But um, I loved it. I remember the sales director came along and was just like, you've got natural aptitude. Yeah, Your voicemails yeah. are incredible. I want to hear you on the phone. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to do some business development training. I was like, oh, cool, business development. It's mean calls, calling clients, right? Yeah, yeah we're going to call clients. Straight away, picking up the phone, looking up at the sales leaderboard and looking up at the, the time time on the phone and number of calls. I was always top, always top. Really? I just loved being on the phone to people. I loved calling people, selling my candidates in, yeah, all that yeah. type of stuff. And it was a very small office, like eight people. Maybe, yeah, yeah, that's where I started, that. yeah. I remember people looking at me like, yeah. Who does this guy think he is? He thinks he's special. He's not special. He's just yeah, yeah, yeah. some posh little kid. I'm like, yeah. they have no idea where I've come from, obviously. Yeah. They just assumed that I come in with a three-piece suit yeah. and my hair slipped back and they think, oh, this guy's posh and rich and whatnot. So anyway, to cut a long story short, a um, few things happened in the job. And I remember going to the pub with the guys and speaking to one of the uh, people there about mental health. And mental health has come a long way and we'll get onto that, yeah, like yeah. the stigma of it all. But back then... Even even in the last two years, it's yeah, gone a long yeah. way. But five years ago, it's not too long. The stigma was still about. And I um, remember speaking to somebody about it and then going, oh, you all right, guys? And everyone's like, what are you still doing here? I was like, what do you mean, what am I still doing here? I'm having a drink with you guys. Yeah. Like, Why don't you just go home, mate? Really? Uh, why would I go home? It's like, because no one likes you. What Whoa. do you not understand? And I was like, what? And then I remember this one guy saying, mate, you just come in every day, Mr. Positive. You're always so happy. It's disgusting. Just go home. Oh, my God. And I remember literally just like, right now, if someone said that, I would have said, good. I'm here to do a job. Whatever. <laughs> walked away and been yeah, like, cool, I'll come you? back in the next... At the time, man. Jesus. Oh, I remember mate. some geezer coming up to me and be like, just don't... In recruitment, everyone looks out for themselves. It's a sharky, sharky world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just remember going home and just bursting out into tears. Horrible thinking, bastards. This is just disgusting. That's dreadful. So, um, yeah, a couple of weeks later, I remember... Was the sales director there? No, it was just the senior consultants and stuff. Um, yeah, and because it and it's such a small... Yeah, that's re- that's really interesting. Yeah, not that's very nice. really interesting. Not very yeah, nice yeah, yeah. Um, So after that, you're like, whoa, I'm not... Like, I can't work there. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, this is horrific. So... I still had that little bit of that mentality of like, well, I'm still going to come in. I'm still going to smile and say, hey, guys, how's it going? And that annoys people, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. come back in and you don't let it get to them. Oh, and they, all, yeah, and no, all no. of a sudden, the people don't have yeah. the power. And they're like, oh, shit, well, we've said something. We thought he was going to get all bummed out about it. But he's coming back with a smile on his face. So lame. And um, I remember two of the other apprentices I started with um, had that dreaded email. Like, oh, she's asked me to speak in the conference room downstairs. Have you got that as well? Yeah. Go to the conference room downstairs. Yeah, they've now left the business. It's like, oh, okay, that's a bit weird. Like, first time I've ever seen people leave in recruitment. Yeah, I thought yeah. I didn't know. Obviously, in recruitment, yeah, it's yeah. a re- regular thing. People come and go. So, um, yeah, fast forward a couple of months. Um, you know, after the three month probation, I'm still doing okay. I thought, um, and I remember the sales director's kid came in. It was half term, and I was showing him a game on my phone during my lunch break. Yeah. And anyway, I'm typing away on the computer, and then I look at my phone. I've got a notification from a candidate. I open my phone. What happens? The game pops up. Senior consultant looks over like that, gives me the look like, are you playing games in the office? I'm like, oh, get rid of that, put that away. Anyway, carry on. Charles, have you got a minute, mate? I was like, yeah, sure. So first of all- the senior consultant? Uh, the senior consultant said that, but then the sales director pulled me aside. Aww. I was like, so first of all, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I was quite bad with my time as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know whether it was- only, a- what, a couple of months in? Yeah, and I was, I was late quite a few times as yeah. well, which, you know, that's yeah, that totally- yeah. Totally my Can't bad. Can't be late, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> trust me, we've been through this, trust me. Um, so yeah, so she said, look, you're late quite a lot, this yeah, has yeah. happened, and now you're playing games in my office, this is unacceptable. And I was like, well, look, this is the situation, I don't want to hear it. I was like, 
all right, listen, look, I apologize for being late. This is my pipeline. I really, really want this opportunity. You don't understand, like, all my family look at me like, Jesus, how have you come out of all this yeah, crap yeah, yeah. and got this opportunity? I don't want to hear it. I was like, oh, just, oh, just, just give me this opportunity, please. Yeah. Two weeks later, I make a placement. Everything's great. And then everyone's just like, this guy's a prick. Yeah, like, we yeah. need to get rid of this guy. So I get the dreaded email, come meet me in the conference room downstairs. So I have to psych myself up, like, I'm going to get fired now. Yeah, so yeah. I go downstairs, I have a conversation with her, and she goes, look, it's not working out. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not. So, uh, Thank you, but see you later. And she was like, no, 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 no. We're getting rid of you. And I went, no, 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 I'm going to go. See you later. And <laughs> I just turned into this like, little that. cocky little prick just for that minute, just thinking, do you know what? Sod you. And I yeah. said, all right, I'm going to go. See you later. See you later. And then the senior consultant came downstairs, my bag full of all my stuff, threw it at me. It was like, get out. Oh my God, I was this super is aggressive. Dreadful. And I was like, this is horrific. So when I left, I remember walking up the alleyway back home and two things were going through my head. You have this option to go to or that option. You can cry your eyes out like a baby, yeah, go yeah, home yeah. to mum and go, yeah. <laughs> or you can sit there and say, good, yeah, good. Get on LinkedIn. I'm open to opportunities. Reach out to some RectorX, re- reach out to some other yeah, companies. Yeah, make it happen. Go out there and show her she missed out on a fucking gem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what did I do? I went into central London. I yeah. was super afraid of, tra- of trains and, and tubes. Didn't know my way around London at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Went into London, met with three or four different recruiters, met with three or four different companies, booked myself interviews left, right and centre. The one thing that stopped me from getting a job in the city is no one would let me carry my apprenticeship on. And the reason why I wanted to carry my apprenticeship on is so that on my CV, even if it was two different companies, I just wanted to show that I could complete one fucking qualification. <laughs> because all my qualifications, like my maths, my English, my science, yeah. was all just crap where yeah. I was, you know, doing six six days in a row with no sleep and passing out from exhaustion and going, yeah. shit, I've not been to school for six days. Crap. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to complete the qualification. Everyone was like, you're crazy. It's an NVQ in sales. It means nothing. I was like, it means nothing to me. Yeah, so yeah. just give me the opportunity. So um, the guy at the apprenticeship place that um, I went to in Wellington City was like, remember that company you interviewed for before? The one that's like £150 a week. Like, they're a good company, mate. Like, they'll, they'll look after you. They're, yeah. they're a bit like more relaxed. They're not very corporate. Why don't you just go and meet them? So I go on then, I'll meet them. So I go into their office and remember it's a dingy looking office. It's a bit crap, but I never gave them the opportunity before. Honest to God, the interview was like sitting down with two blokes in a pub. It was really? so relaxed. Yeah, and they were like, so, tell us about this thing, geezer. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah. So you're passionate about BD, are you? <laughs> Fancy starting up a new desk? I'm like, yeah, cool, man. When do I start? Oh, I love the attitude, mate. Yeah, how about Monday? I'm like, <laughs> really? I've got the job. Can I carry on my apprenticeship? They're like, of course, man. Everyone is an apprentice. Look, manager out there is an apprentice. He's an apprentice. I was like, no fucking way. This is great. Yeah. So I remember starting and everything's just, just great. Everyone's so nice. Everyone's yeah, so yeah. great. Um, but there were some horror stories. I'll be honest with you. I remember like in my third or fourth week, my girlfriend lived in East Barnet and we yeah. worked in New Barnet. So it was a five minute bus journey, two minute drive, yeah. 10 minute walk away. I remember going to my girlfriend's house and she cooked me lunch and she was all proud of me because I think it was her 19th birthday. Yeah, yeah. I had about minus a hundred pounds to my name. Yeah. So I couldn't afford to buy her any presents. Oh, savage. And now obviously I was, you know, got a job and everyone likes me yeah. and I'm like, I'm finally doing something with my life. She was super proud. She made me lunch. I was on lunch for 45 minutes. Yeah. I remember coming back to the office. I was like, mate, been on lunch for like four hours. I was like, <laughs> it's two o'clock. It's like, mate, you went on lunch at like, this is a joke, mate. Come with me in the meeting room, just screaming at me. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is a fucking joke. I was like, okay. It's like all of a sudden, I was like, I didn't realize the, I didn't realize the culture was like this. Yeah, Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. I remember going and sitting down eating so my lunch. So, do you only met two people? before you decide uh, to join them yes yeah. I only so met that, two people that's the thing isn't it? Like, how, can you, how can you judge a company if you only met two people in it? that is always a challenge and a worry that you have to manage candidates on as well isn't it? when you're in recruitment it's like it's, it's hard that is, that is a challenge but I guess okay so first 12 months that was difficult right really difficult and then tell me a bit about let's, so how did things go in terms of your billings and all that did that, did that get better did you get better like because yeah. obviously five months isn't a long time yeah, so to five, like, yeah. build anything yeah so the first six uh, first 12 months of the next company I worked mm. for 
we started up myself so and a complete a guy, cold desk completely cold desk right mm. and it was funny as hell right and it's just so funny the training we had right the compliance manager was an ex-nurse right because it was in nursing oh, okay yeah, right? yeah and i remember the sales director going right you're going to be recruiting for rgns scrub nurses odas that are called odps now right it's like cool right here's a list of clients cool oh went do i get training it's like training yeah what, what do you need I mean, I need something. <laughs> Christ almighty. Yeah. Mate, you said you like BD. Just crack on. So all it was was literally calling through a list, oh. like an A4 list of paper, and going, oh, hi, is that Hisham? Yeah. Oh, hey, Hisham, it's Charles here calling from Sensible. How's it going? You are right. It's like, yeah, who the hell are you? And it's just like, we're starting up a nursing desk, and uh, yeah, we've got some great people on our database, blah, 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 blah. They're like, what? No, go away. Like, oh. so many people saying no. Savage. I'm no. I haven't had to do that. It was tough, but yeah. you know what was really good is the manager was like a robot. He was so good. His memory was insane. Yeah, he yeah. Just knew everything. He would send us some leads and some recommendations. And the guy next to me was equally as talented on the phone, just incredible, really, really confident. And we just had a laugh. We yeah, enjoyed yeah, it. I think that's probably one Building of the... Building something from scratch as well. That's cool. I think, yeah. I think the, one of the most important things is if you enjoy what you do, you... <laughs> you're more than likely be be successful. Yeah, if you're not yeah. enjoying what you're doing, if you're going to build up a, a new desk in yeah. a field you have no clue about, no interest about, no passion, it's going to be so, so hard. Did you have an interest in nursing then? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, really? because I've been in hospitals all my bloody life. My yeah, mum had yeah, cancer, yeah. my uh, my grandmother had a stroke. So, like, so like the opportunity of like helping people within that yeah, space. Like, and, and the thing is, is because it was locum nursing as well, is that you know I, I saw nurses were getting paid 25, 30 grand a year. Mm. And doing like 100 hours a week, yeah, overworked. Yeah. So I was like, this is unbearable. Like, I felt that if I could get them on my books, I could get them double the amount of money for half the amount of work and yeah. help their lives. Fair and enough. the amount of times I'd go into the nurse's house and see their family, see the way that they lived, just to do their compliance, take their bloods and do their criminal records check and, and see their lives. And then six months later, you know, they're driving around a new car and, yeah, and yeah. they're enjoying life. That's how nurses should be. Nurses should get paid a lot more money yeah. than what they actually do. What well, did you learn in the, like, because I think there might be a lot of... Um, people listening that had to build a desk from scratch or in the process at the moment like what what are some learnings around that like how did you approach it so did you get clients first is that what you yeah did? that's what we started it was, all, started it was all bank of clients yeah it's all bd yeah yeah how long did you do that for like literally first few months yeah. obviously you always do it but two you just hammer months, it yeah really it, all it was literally it was who grit. did the sourcing then did you have to do the sourcing just, yeah yeah really two of us doing um just just both of us helping each other out really <laughs> Fucking hell, that must have been difficult. It now. was very, very difficult. So, well, like looking back now, first time I was building a desk, like any advice for people who are building a new desk or whatever? Go and read a book called Grit. 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 Okay. Yeah, we'll go and see you. some, go and te- uh, watch some TED Talks on grit. Basically, it's persistence and resilience. Yeah. Um, Do you need in recruitment? That you, yeah, you need in yeah, recruitment, yeah. effectively. And, and that was what it was. You will get so many no's. You need to prepare yourself to get a lot of no's. Yeah, you yeah. need to prepare yourself to put that phone down and detach the emotion from it yeah, yeah that's business this is not a personal go away another bloody recruiter rah, 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 yeah, phone yeah. down remove that emotion yeah and just go on to the next phone call yeah, yeah and yeah. just make as many fucking phone calls as you can for those first 12 months Do you think it's a numbers game then it's 100 percent a numbers game to begin with yeah but secondly is uh again another book that i've read that's incredible called mindset by a lady called carol duet Hello guys, so I just wanted to jump in here and um, give you some extra context. I'm in a coffee shop recording this, if there's some background noise, uh, noise apologies. But just a quick one, um, obviously had some technical difficulties, so um, I thought that we sort of recorded up until a certain point um, that we didn't actually get recorded. So when I go into part two, after finding some batteries that are fully charged, um, I say that we just got up to obviously Charles talking to Tim, etc. But we didn't actually get up to that point. So apologies. Um, I just wanted to jump in um, and explain that. And um, 
some really good stuff coming up in, in part two as Charles um, is really open and honest um, about his career, what he's had to deal with, uh, which is really refreshing. But lesson learned, batteries that are fully charged with a full amount of uh, energy will be used for the recorder moving on. Enjoy. So, um, technical difficulties, ran out of batteries, got three bars in the recorder, so Charles is going to continue where he left off, um, and he was sort of sharing with us um, when he met Tim, and he was asking opening questions, and, he had, uh, and then he'd be silent, um, and then, yeah, we, could, we can go from there, mate, but let's, yeah. let's go from there. Apologies <laughs> for the technical difficulties. Right. <laughs> yeah, so effectively, it's, um, you know... F- what I said earlier about making sure the owner of the business... Or, yeah, yeah, that's or, it. You know, so when you, when you move and you've got some recruitment experience, it's uh, you can get pull pillar to post, can't you? you like, can. You're going to get tapped yeah. up left, right and centre. I think that would always... I don't know. I'd I'd naturally do that anyway. I think you can check out a company, but it's the people that make the company. Yep. So 100%. I think, yeah, you've got to understand, like, if you get that, that gut instinct with the people that you meet and those types of things, that that is the most important thing, whatever 100%. the company's values are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go on. So. Yeah, so basically I worked with this... Uh, with this woman and we didn't get along yeah, yeah, and yeah we had the appraisal had the panic attack went through some shit went home came back and a couple of people were leaving the business mm. and there was an opening on another desk yeah. so one of the senior consultants pulled me aside we were having leaving drinks for one of the guys that were leaving and uh drunkly leant over my shoulder was like look there's potentially a position on my desk i was like yep we went what and i went i'll work with you any day of the bloody week He's really like, oh cool all right well do you want to start tomorrow? I went, 100%. So the next day I came in, I was like, right, so what are we doing? He's like, right, we're doing a surgical desk, any medical devices that are sold into a theatre department. I went, yeah, perfect. I've been in theatre for this time. No, no, this was oh. a guy called Simon. Oh, so right, okay. big shout out to Simon. He yeah. thing with Simon is he's quite a you know, calm and collected yeah, yeah, yeah. and subtle kind of guy where I'm like, fucking crazy, yeah, yeah. where do I go? Yeah, ah, yeah, like yeah. that. And he was just like, right, you need to go there. And every single time you're going to go left or right, when you need to go straight, I'm going to rein you in. Do you understand? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Nice. So we worked together so perfectly. And one thing I really, really liked is that whenever I've done something, I'm a sometimes overly enthusiastic person and yeah, I'll I have am. bursts of energy where I'm like, you never guess what? This guy said this and he's like, yeah, 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 like that. And he'd just be like, great, mate, high five. All right, what are we on next? And I'm like, cheers, man. Right, okay, so we're going to do this. All right, cool, okay. Like <laughs> Whereas the other person would sit there and be like, like that. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So me and someone worked really, really well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember, this is another pivotal moment. I remember going to the shop to go and buy a sandwich, coming back, and I got wrapped up in conversation with a guy, and then turns out the sandwich was not what I ordered. And I said, oh, don't worry, I'll eat it anyway, even though I don't like it. And Tim was like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, man up, go back to the shop and say, you got my order wrong. And I said, oh, you're nervous. I, I don't know, I'm a bit nervous. He went, yeah. you need to, look, here you go, have that, and threw this personal development book at me. I never read books. I read Harry Potter when I was a kid, but I was like, I don't read yeah, books. Yeah. Like, books are for nerds. And he was like, trust me, if you want to be successful, mate, Watch any of the most successful people in the world. They read personal development books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hooked. I was what reading book pers- was it? it was um, The Pitbull of Personal Development by Larry Wingett. Okay. I can't remember the title of the book, but that was the that's his title. Yeah, Larry yeah, Wingett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I read that and I remember opening it and like the first page of the book was like, You are nothing, you are scum, <laughs> you are a piece of shit. This is how you can get better. I was like, Oh Christ, okay. So it really resonated yeah, with yeah. me. Um, and that's kind of my whole outlook on personal development, like I said to you before the podcast, is that I'm not a fluffy, like, don't worry, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. No, life sucks sometimes, yeah. all right? You just gotta learn to fucking deal with it and make the most out yeah, of it yeah, and yeah. we can turn it into a positive, okay? I just don't, I'm not a big fan yeah. of the whole fluffy stuff. Right? No, 100%. Right, let, let's unpack this a bit then. So I think it's fair to say you've uh, definitely been on a roller coaster professionally <laughs> and um, personally. Yeah. So I think, firstly, I think, um, look, for, from my 
perspective you can be in those situations that you went through you can become a victim and and say oh my god why would this happen to me blah 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 all that or as you said you can you can blow out your chest take responsibility and, and make something out of it right so i think firstly fair play mate like that's that must have been super difficult i've never had to deal with that yet but I'm fully aware that's going to happen. Hope not. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I guess look what what I'm what I really like talking about, and I don't think a lot of people talk about it in recruitment is first 12 months and recruitment in general is fucking difficult, right? Yeah. So you will have days in your weeks where you feel like you want to quit. Yeah. So I'm sure you had those days. Yeah. Yeah. So I think having cultivating the right mindset and cultivating resilience and all that which you said getting personal development and, and start reading and talking about those things really helped but what what's your advice through what you've done well I guess firstly what's what's your best um, mechanism now or habit that you have when shit gets chucked at you how do you deal with it like how what's the first thing there let's talk a bit about that so there's one thing really isn't it it's it's analyzing the situation but there's a fine line between analyzing and, and thinking about a situation and pondering on it to then overthinking it yeah yeah so overthinking it is going to just be toxic and it's yeah, going to yeah, cause yeah. you to have loads of dramas so it's about cultivating self-awareness and yeah, understanding how you feel like what does this emotion mean to me noticing how you feel so if a shit situation pops up like i'll give you an example um a candidate i placed with this client about six months ago we do a retained search using yeah. this online platform where if the candidate leaves within the 12 months, it's a free replacement. Free replacement's no good for no one. We don't yeah, want to do yeah, that. Yeah, of, course of course we bloody don't, but we have to do it. Yeah. So I get an email at midnight because it's in America, right? Oh, savage. You know, but what's this? Oh, we've oh. terminated the contract. I'm like, Christ almighty. So I can come in the next day yeah. and be all bummed out and like that. Or I can look at it as an opportunity. Yeah. I can look at that as an opportunity and be like, right, okay, where did we go wrong and where can we get better? Yeah. That for me is probably the pinnacle of where I've improved as a recruiter is looking at these situations instead of looking at them as a, a detrimental failure or a negative is looking at them as a lesson. Yeah. And isn't there a saying by Conor McGregor, right? That I never lose, I ever win or learn. Yeah, yeah, and sure. that's how I see every opportunity, yeah, everything yeah. that happens to me in recruitment. I've either won and made that placement, won that great account or I've learned. Yeah, yeah. And that for me is a, a big shift in mindset yeah, to yeah, looking at negatively. What can people out. do though to get to that point? Because no, someone isn't just going to switch like that. Oh God, yeah, no, it takes, so it takes what, a little bit are of time. You, are, so meditation did help me do that, get to that 100%. point, right? So self, self-awareness for me, in a recruitment sense for people listening is like, yeah, if a candidate calls you and go, I'm not turning up for an interview today, you like the self-awareness is being able to take that step back and go, shit, right, that can either ruin my day mm. or I can take it on the chin and, and crack on, right? And the best recruiters will crack on when shit hits the fan. 100%. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. what what helped me and what's really practical is, is meditation. Reason for that is... You practice um, essentially focusing on on your breath. Um, you don't sit there and not think about anything. So essentially, when you're thinking about, you're sitting there, you're thinking about work, you're thinking about life, your misses. You notice that, and then you come back to your breath. So mm. having self awareness in recruitment will help massively, and meditation helps with that. And I love talking about that because not many people do, because you're dealing with other people's emotions, and there's so many things that can go wrong that you don't control. Mm-hmm. And self awareness can help with that, right? Hundred percent. So, I'm doing a challenge at the moment, which yeah. is I'm trying to inspire as many people to get on the meditation bandwagon. So this month I've been meditating a minimum of 10 minutes. Yeah, I love day. that. So that, that's really practical. So I guess, is there anything else then that took you from this guy that having panic attacks, anxiety, all that, that helps? So investing in yourself and reading, yeah. right? So I, I went, used to think the same. Reading was for nerds. Like when I, yes. like, I, I, used to be, I used to read loads when I was younger. And then when you get older, it's just like not cool. But and then when you realize, hang on a minute, I need to read. <laughs> I know, I know. I it's was mental. literally watching crap on Netflix yeah, all day, so, 
watching these the bullshit films and you know same. cooking something and in the background I've got some crap on Netflix yeah, that I've already yeah, seen I'm like watching a Big Bang Theory or something yeah, and I'm yeah. like what this isn't helping me so yeah. now if, if I'm walking to work from King's Cross right if I can't walk and read my book I'll listen to the, the book on Audible yeah, so yeah, I'll yeah. buy the book and buy the book on Audible yeah. as well um, okay. So there's there's a couple of things really that's personally helped me. I think one of the most pivotal things that have helped me is um, I was very fortunate. I'd done, done boxing from the age of ten to about fifteen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And boxing was really good, but it made me really cocky because okay. I was so fast, very very fast. Yeah. And they actually wanted to take me to Vegas, and my mum was like, "No, I don't want you to do boxing. Yeah. I've seen too many people get injured through boxing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my uncle knew this guy who's uh, into jujitsu and muay yeah, thai. Nice. So I got into uh, jujitsu and muay thai, and um, I will never forget my first of a le- my first of a lesson. I was looking at these guys wearing geese and I was like, this is so silly. Like, we're looking yeah, at them wearing yeah, pajamas. Yeah. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So he said, Oh, you're a boxer. Let, let's, let's see his techers then. So I'm throwing jabs and stuff. And he went, oh, That's really good. Now, I want you to step towards me. So he put his hands down. I went, I want you to punch him as hard as you can in the face. It's like, All right, cool. So I literally thought, I'm going to knock this geezer out, right? 16 stone guy, older guy. Yeah. I, I was cocky as hell. Went over to go and punch him in the face. What did he do? Moved to the side, kicked me in the leg. I went, You pussy, why are you kicking me in the leg? That's a cheap shot. What took one step, collapsed on the floor, couldn't walk. And I was like, Christ. And he went, boxing's all well and good, mate, but what are you going to do if someone tries to kick you? <laughs> I was like, that's a very good point. And he yeah, went, okay, yeah. come here. So you're going to get nice and tight. You're going to yeah. punch me in the ribs. What's going to happen if someone's going to grab you? And I went, oh, we'll wait to the ref. Shit, there's no ref in real life. Went, oh, okay, <laughs> hang on a minute. Yeah. So effectively through martial arts, we, we introduce things like meditation, for example, yeah, and, yeah. you know, reducing the ego. And I think recruiters are, no, are quite known to have big egos. You know, they wear really expensive suits that they can't afford. They've got drug habits. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have like big fancy watches and yeah. cars they can't afford. Also, another thing in recruitment is getting rid of that ego is when you get off the phone call, right? Instead of saying, oh, Kai doesn't know what she wants, like that. No, no, get that ego needs to stay at that bloody door. When yeah. you're in that office, the ego is not there. Yeah, if yeah. a client turns around and says, look, unfortunately, we can only work on 20%. I only work on 30%. I'm the best recruiter in the world. If you can feel it quickly and you can give them a good service and there's potential in there, let, let, tell your ego to bugger off and, yeah, and work yeah. that job and give them a great service. You know? Mm. So, And I think meditation can help with that. Yeah. And there's various different ways to, to meditate. And I saw a good quote the other day that uh, people, the, the common misconception around meditation is to completely quiet the mind. Yeah. Where quieting the mind is just as impossible as stopping your heartbeat yeah, yeah, yeah so if you think you can stop your heartbeat the only way you can do that is by shooting yourself yeah. in the face no i like that so people get thinking about meditation if you haven't already um i guess um what what's helped you get what else has helped you then get to the point where you are now so like obviously the mindset has been huge right yeah massively so i uh, also got introduced another big shout out a guy called ricky verdi he's okay. like one of the country's leading nlp coaches yeah um nlp is neuro-linguistic programming so it breaks down neuro how you think linguistic the language you use and the programming the programs and behaviors that we have so notice like in the morning for example we've all got a program we've already preset in our brain of how we shower so you'll go in you'll probably shower your hair first and then your armpits yeah yeah, yeah. that's part of creatures and habits aren't we of course so you've got to notice the the, the habits that you have within your recruitment are they serving you or not precisely that yeah, yeah. yeah so i got introduced to ricky and um he said listen i'm doing a couple of mindset workshops over the weekend if you fancy i know you're at the time i'm 25 now at the time i was like 23 years old he's like listen i know you're 23 years old and it's, yeah. it's your weekend you probably want to go out and i'm thinking i could go out and get shit-faced on the weekend with my friends yeah and, you know or i could go to a hotel in this meeting room with loads of these entrepreneurs and, and coaches and, and learn about mindset so i went on loads of mindset courses i probably went on about seven different mindset really? courses Just in my first hooked. first year and i was so hooked yeah. and another thing right 
goal setting. Yeah. Uh, did you ever? Are you a boxing fan at all? I'm martial art MMA. Yeah, UFC me, me, me too. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. really follow boxing. It's all crap. But I do watch the big fights. The Fury Wilder fight. Yeah, you must yeah. have seen the build up. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Fury was on the Joe Rogan Experience, right? The podcast yeah, yeah, I, I listen to, to all the time. Class, yeah. That that's helped me with my mindset as well. Yeah, just yeah. the way he questions people, like the questions he asks, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. asks himself, yeah. right? Fury said that he was in such a state of depression that he got to 500 pounds. He was an alcoholic. Yeah. and wanted to drive his Ferrari into a wall. Yeah. The thing that pulled him out of that was goal setting. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a recruiter and you're not writing down your freaking goals, you're setting yourself up to fail. Yeah, if you yeah. don't sit there and write down, I will bill 100K this year. I am going to make 10 calls yeah, per day. Yeah, that whatever really it may, That's going to really help. And for yeah. me, it was setting a goal of, I'm going to save 5K this quarter. It's like, what? My first year at Projectors, like my goal was to five, uh, save 5K in the first year. Yeah. And Tim and Simon laughed at me. Yeah. It's like, you're under-setting your goals. You need to aim high, man. Uh, 10X, like, man. Yeah. 10X, man. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. sod it. I'll, I'll save 20 yeah, grand. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And I'm going to buy myself a brand new car. Why not? Yeah, so yeah. every single time I work and every single time I get off that phone call, I'm aiming towards something and I've got a yeah, reason exactly. why behind it. 100%, you know? yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly that. When when you take the time to go, right, this is this is where I want to be, when, when you do get that rejection, when you do get those shit days, you can then... And honing on that and go right. Well, that's okay. Like on to the next one. They can help me get to that point. So that that's really valuable for sure. Um, conscious sort of time. I think one thing I just want to touch on, just because how this conversation has gone and, and you've spoken about it a lot. I, I have my own opinion, but like mental health, right? Obviously, we could probably talk about this for a while. Mm. But I think, um, like for me, uh, let me just share my opinion, right? Yeah, go for so, it. So um, I'm I'm someone that. Um, I love talking about mindset and those types of things, right? So, because I've been on my own journey, I th- I think mental health is a bit of a buzzword at the moment. Yeah, and I think I, people, I'm very glad you said that. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people are, are using it in a way to get attention or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may not like me saying that, but I, I think that's definitely happening. Oh. Um, so I think what, the only thing, my opinion on it is that like it's very easy to go, oh, like mental health, but like that's so such a big like. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's not easy to explain how you feel, but it's like I'm I'm really nervous or I am feeling depressed at the moment or whatever, whatever it may be. I know there's a lot of things that fall in that category, but so obviously from your perspective, you're someone that, as you said, dealt with panic attacks and all these things, and I'm sure there's people listening that especially in recruitment I used to shit my pants when I used to do BD I used to get so nervous and I used to put fake calls on the phone and all that right <laughs> so um, I know a lot of people listening will, will be going through that and a lot of people will be seeing mental health and all that so I guess from your from your own experience and you've clearly gone through a lot which you've shared um, what's your view on all that because I, I think you're seeing it a lot more on LinkedIn now which is why I want to bring it up yeah. and a lot more companies going out the way to let people be open about communicating about it which i think is great um so yeah keen to get your thoughts okay so i'm watching slash listening to a podcast the joe rogan experience he had dr phil on his podcast oh yeah my conception of dr phil was probably like everybody else's yeah. but like jerry pod- springer show sort of thing isn't it? yeah like so on a podcast with a long drawn out conversation it's like a totally different person right? yeah yeah his view on mental health is interesting he says why do we view mental health with the stigma we do when it's no different to be either situationally depressed or uh, or uh, clinically depressed yeah, yeah. to then somebody that has a, I don't know, hyperextended knee or a broken knee. Yeah. They're both the same thing. One of them is in your head and one of them is on your, on, on your knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same thing. So when people sit there and be like, oh, be careful, or oh, Joe Bloggs over there has got depression. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Treat them like a freaking human being. Have compassion, have empathy, because if you haven't had depression, yeah. whether it's situational, like a family member's died, yeah. or you're clinically depressed where you don't want to wake up in the morning, yeah, which yeah. I've been there. Yeah, I've yeah. been there as a teenager and as an adult. I've woken up in the morning and seen the beautiful sunrise and think, 
What the fuck, fuck am I doing? Yeah. Another day and go back to sleep yeah, because yeah. I literally did not want to be yeah, and I would yeah. think about it and I was always too pussy to consider mm. suicide I'll be honest with you yeah, I, was, yeah. oh, I would always think about it like could I hang myself could I just take yeah. pills oh god no that'd be too scary yeah, yeah. That, that's probably what saved me from yeah. taking my own life yeah, when yeah. I've been there but to sit there and go on bloody social media and be like I, surprise, I survived depression shut up <laughs> I'm sorry just shut up like, yeah, honestly yeah. I, I can speak because I, I've been through that yeah, myself yeah. right I know. If you're going to go on social media, if you're going to start a podcast, if you're going to go on YouTube, if you're going to go on TED Talk, whatever, if you're going to talk about mental health, talk about it that without the stigma around it, it's similar to a physical thing, like a sprain in the brain, right? Talk about action. I don't want to hear, oh, yeah, no, so-and-so's gone. Fuck off. I want to hear, how can we help people with depression, right, that's not drug-related? Yeah, Because I've been on antidepressants, right? And antidepressants for me personally didn't work, but they've helped other people. They've, they've helped my well, mum. No, I mean, yeah, fairs, but you can look at the science to back that up. It helps less people than it does more people. Yeah. Right? And, and the only reason why some people take them is because they are physic- They have a chemical imbalance in their brain. So, yeah, they, yeah, so yeah. The, the, the drug actually takes the chemical back so that it's just back to the normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about that mindset, really. Yeah, it's 100%. about surrounding yourself with positive people and it's around setting set yourself goals. Like Tyson Fury, for example, yeah, yeah. he had all the money in the world, all the cars yeah, and everything yeah. like that. He still got depressed. Yeah. It's, it's just about setting yourself some goals and, 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 and getting over it with action. Yeah. But like I said, I, just, I can't be around people that are going to talk about depression and get all like this. She's a bit of a buzzword, yeah. No, thanks for sharing that, man. I know um, it's slightly different to what we normally talk about, but I think in the recruitment world and we all use LinkedIn and all that, I think it is become more and more of a buzzword. Yeah. And if I'm honest, I think that if you're not aware of it, like you're going to be speaking to the clients who are going to be talking about mental health and they're yeah. going to be thinking about it. And they're, they're, um, but have compassion, though. Is yeah, what I think, saying. yeah, 100%. Have compassion. I think really just like we said again about being open and all that like just be open to talking about it and yeah. like learning about it and just communicate the thing is as well right I've, I've got people around me that haven't suffered with mental health yeah. but they're naturally curious and they say so explain to me what does it actually feel like I've yeah. never I've been sad you know I, I, yeah, lost, yeah. I lost a parent and I was yeah. sad but I don't feel like I ever was ever depressed so it's good to talk to people and try and understand exactly, it yeah. just try, try, try not to milk it so much man like yeah. as well because there are a lot of people because it's, it's quite easy because it's you, can't, you can tell like I broke my foot a few weeks ago right yeah. um, doing martial arts and come into work with crutches it's yeah. very easy to see yeah, yeah, exactly. but there's somebody else in the office that's can't coming in it. and a lot of the time as well with me especially when I was depressed I always used to have a smile on my face. Yeah, yeah And the yeah. moment I locked myself in my room for five, six days at a time. like, bang. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough, mate. Well, look, as we wrap up, mate, um, two things. Um, what are you excited about in your world? What's going on in Projectus and in your yeah. world? What's going on? So, yeah, I've, I've got promoted to sales manager about nine months or so. Nice. And I've got two incredible guys, the two hairy headhunters on my team, nice. Drew and Oscar, that are smashing it at the minute. Um, we've hired about three new people as well. And Projectus are about to hire another five, six people. Nice. So we're looking for people effectively that hungry, dynamic, motivated, um, entrepreneurial, yeah. open-minded, growth-minded that want to come in and, and be successful and we have nice. all the avenues to do so. We're going on big billers on Friday. We're going to a Michelin star restaurant, nice. a Japanese restaurant. We've got President's Club popping up in about a month's time. We're going to Barcelona for an exhibition. I just launched my new mind coaching website as well, nice. ironmindcoaching.com. Um, so you'll probably share the Instagram yeah, and the website that, and stuff. No um, so I've got quite a few clients lined up as well, which is really, really exciting. exciting. And um, work supported you with that? They have. And That's the good. reason why they've supported me is every opportunity they can to say, Charles, do you want to do a coaching session? Like I've got a coaching session with the guys uh, tomorrow to do like an edge coaching session with them. Oh, nice. Um, training sessions Love at that. front and centre. So That's they've, good, they've, And that's another thing, isn't it? Like, find yourself a company or work within a company or if you're a business owner support your employees yeah, like yeah, Gary Vee Gary put a status up about it yesterday about you know supporting your employees side hustles like my boss does that do you know yeah, what I mean like yeah, yeah. giving me advice no, on the website and 100% stuff. and I think 
to wrap that up, I think that's what I've had a few questions recently where there's been people like uh, worried about recruiters investing in their personal brands. They're like, oh, that's going to become their asset and then that's not going to be to do with the company and they can leave. So I think that if, obviously it's, I can't just sit here and go leave the company, but you need to try and be in a company that supports you. And, and, and Exactly. So look, the question I always ask is if you could communicate to all the recruiters out there, they'd listen to Charles, they'd take on your advice, can be a word, sentence, whatever, what springs to mind? Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love nah, that. Nah, nah. Cultivate a growth mindset. Um, I would say try your best to research, question everything, get into meditation. Um, mm. Mindset. Just, all things mindset this just, episode. I like it. All things mindset, man. Cultivate the best possible mindset. Um, try and imagine if you were coaching yourself, what would you do to improve yourself? Yeah. And show compassion to others yeah i love that and i'm just gonna add like because i realized it three four years ago it was an epiphany it, it generally like changed the prospect of, of my mindset everything was you are the best investment you can make invest in yourself and um yeah mate it's been a pleasure yeah thank awesome, you bud man.